Welcome to Casuals of Runeterra, episode More Heart Steel. I'm your host, Ryan, here with the other host, Ed. Yeah, that's right. For your Heart Steel fans, it's episode two. <laughs> We're brand new at this. <laughs> You have to forgive us wherever we slip up because we're rookies. We don't know. He's not lying. He's not lying. But um, yeah, we promised you this episode uh, where we're going to go over the GQ interview that they did or they ran, um, and it's in Korean. But Hetch and I were kind enough to translate it for you all uh, on our own. And obviously, I'm lying. Yeah, (laughs) Kungsamnida. But one thing I'm not lying about, housekeeping. It's up top, always. And you can listen to us everywhere. Visit us at podcastcore.com for all of our info. Remember, that's C-O-R. Email us at podcastcore at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Follow us on all the platforms because that helps us with discoverability. We appreciate that. Uh, and then leave a like and comment where you listen. Um, the easiest way, though, is word of mouth. So tell a friend to rock star to the top by listening to the Casuals of Runeterra podcast. <laughs> to do what? <laughs> oh, God, we're unhinged. <laughs> so <clears throat> the GQ article was released before Paranoia came out. And the way it's structured is just like you would see with any new debuting band where they ask them a bunch of questions in an interview, allow them to be cute and stuff like that, right? Yeah. And that's what they're going for here. Um, so we start off this interview with everyone introducing themselves. Uh, Set mentions that, you know, he doesn't really consider this a boy band. Um, it's more of a collaborative effort and a collective. And when you think about their backstories, like we talked about in the first one, and we'll go more detail into that as well, uh, that makes more sense, right? They all had careers and this wasn't assembled as, hey, we took a bunch of kids from the Mickey Mouse Club and we're going to make them, we're going to have people write for them, whatever. It's like, no, they're collaboratively or doing a collab where they're bringing different elements to be able to produce the music themselves. And all of their motivations are different. Their styles are different. Um, and then the ending result is like a Wu-Tang type situation. Yeah, I'm glad that you brought up the styles because it's um, – if. For if you haven't listened to the first episode, um, like the point, one of the biggest points of the first episode was uh, where everybody got their start. And for like, we have guys like, um, uh, like Aphelios just in his basement mixing music, and that was the same way for, um, uh, God, I'm blanking on names as if I've We've never Uh-oh. been here before. Uh-oh. Of like Yone, Yone yeah. was mixing uh, music into like in his basement, as far as like in Japan. Mm-hmm. But it was like you know his own thing. And then you've got Ezreal, one hit wonder from a completely different label. Cassante is trying to start his own thing, but too ambitious. So it really is like a collaboration because they all were doing something completely different, not just musically, but also just via career paths. And in different areas. Yeah, because Ezreal and Set are the only ones that actually met, like, quote unquote, through their label. Yeah. And they didn't even meet through their label. They met after Ezreal exactly. left the label. Exactly. So this then goes into, you know, they talk about the style and Cassante's kind of the lead on the style. And everything thematically you'll see is, hey, we're working together, but we're also individuals. And he even talks about the choice for them to wear suits on the cover spread that they have. 
And even with wearing suits, they decide to let everybody style it the way they want to. And GQ gave them that option because that fits their their whole motivation. And this is the part where, and I'm just going to get this out of the way now because there's a lot more parts that have this same echo to it. Like the GQ really did a great job of making this feel like yeah. not just a real interview, but a real K-pop interview. Because if you've watched any K-pop interview with any K-pop group, regardless of the time frame or the gender of the group, yeah, it sounds exactly like this exactly like this yeah. uh so you like you you already have an idea without even reading through the gq article what, what's being said at this point yeah and then they move on to say okay well tell us about how the group was assembled and Cassante leads off here and i'm gonna read his quote here it says there's a limit to what one person can fully take on and accomplish i was quite lost after going solo a friend from the gym named set who just verbally abused me now <laughs> told me that he had a new project he was working on someday and asked if I would be interested. That was the beginning of my involvement with heart steel. So that kind of gives us a bit um, into, you know, what happened to Cassante. And we gave you some of that as well in the previous episode. And even Kane follows up to mention that he was a part of a band, uh, but he was too much of a bad boy and he got kicked out. And then, like Hetch mentioned, Yone was a DJ making his own music, and he was contacted by Aphelios to join the production side and help him on Heartsteel because he recently lost his or recently had to reduce the use of his voice. And Aphelios was originally reached out to by Seth. So it's like these essentially it, we're not going to say destiny, right? We're not going to use such grandiose terms. Yeah, they, this isn't the Stardians. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they all fell into the same place and met each other and then picked up themselves from, you know, a lackluster um, past life to push into this new effort. And that's cool. That's very – because when you have that type of setup as opposed to the more standard setup of KDA, which we still love – it gives you more room to do this, to do the lore side. There's more space to play with. Yeah, and not to mention that it also makes it feel a lot more human, <laughs> uh, yeah. which, like, it's not that not to say that KDA doesn't feel human. It's just that KDA is heavily manufactured, right? Like, in comparison to this, where this is just, like, human networking. Yeah. Like, I mean, come on. How perfect is it that Cassante and Set met at the gym? Yeah. <laughs> like, what, Makes sense. Like, yeah. That's awesome. And you look at their art, and, like, in Eddie skin and you're like, yeah, no, they're definitely going to the gym. Yeah. <laughs> cold take, Hitch. Cold take. Yes, cold. The coldest of takes. So we then find out that if you want to look at the very origins of it, it was Ezreal and Set who started this project together after this major incident that we hinted to before in the previous episode, but we'll talk about right now. I'll read it from Set's perspective. He says, actually. I was having a hard time at the time in a similar reasons as Ezreal. I was on my way out after receiving a dismissal notice from my agency. It's very common for not liking my first album and saw Ezreal surrounded by paparazzi. Although we had never known each other before, I helped him because I thought it would be a bit unfair to just pass him by after seeing such a scene. It turned out that Ezreal had just been fired from his agency, once again, very common, and was on his way out. We went for a drink and shared our sad feelings. We talked for a 
quite a bit and became friends through that and thought it would be nice to work together at that drinking party. And then he also punched somebody. But (laughs) (laughs) no, he punched a paparazzi. Yeah, yeah, they're not people. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to hell. (laughs) I got VIP tickets. I don't want you. Ayo. Uh, but like especially like the this is where it, like it to me like GQ is really you know kind of putting like the Korean feel onto it where it's like this really does feel like a Korean GQ article because they there are plenty of interviews where there are questions as far as like the drinking habits with the with the band members yeah um and like there those clips will be all over youtube like if one of the band members gives a funny answer of what someone's like when they drink um and so it's like yeah of course like you know we i ran into him he was in trouble i helped him out we were both having a bad day we went and got drinks yeah it's like that it, it it keeps it grounded while also kind of giving like Korea GQ able to kind of give like a little bit of their own signature onto the tale itself. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we move on then to talk about the leadership because even though Ezreal helped to start it, he's not one of the leaders. It's actually Kasanti and Set that run it as co-leaders, which is also agreed upon at the beginning. This isn't something that naturally happens, which is smart, especially when you're doing a collaborative to kind of avoid any issues in the future. And then they also mention people's nationalities. And Alun says that, you know, luckily everyone speaks English because all of them, once again, were in the industry. So most likely they would have that skill and that allows them to communicate because they live in different areas. And they also get a little Discord drop here, which is not on accident. <laughs> I'm sure Discord paid a little pretty penny for that little plug. Yeah. And this episode is brought to you by Discord Nitro. Um <laughs> Just pings going off crazy in the background. We'll add it in post. <laughs> we'll do it live. We'll do it live. <laughs> yeah. But then they talk about inspiration, right? And obviously this is the KDA mention. And the main thing that inspires them is their growth, right? Their growth and success. Because remember, KDA had a track. They disappeared for a little bit, and then they blew up. And that's one thing to keep in mind because that's also a very grounded thing that happens, uh, especially adding members to the team. So they look up to them like they're seniors. And Kane and Akali actually are old friends because they're both in the industry. And he even makes a joke here where he's telling her, hey, answer your DMs, idiot. (laughs) (laughs) So we can link up. I know you're big shit now, but I'm on my way up too. Yeah, and uh, like all like all of this right here is just a wonderful job. Like we we've mentioned before that it's like grounded, like it helps keep it real. And I mean, they're they're mentioning a software that you can use in the real world. <laughs> like they are interacting in ways that, as far as like to current day modern uh, conversations, right? Like. We all know what they mean by, hey, answer your DMs. Uh, but, you know, like somebody from 100 years ago or somebody from 100 years from now, like yeah. that, that sentence may just go completely over their head. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what helps kind of make it feel grounded. And holy cow, when they start talking about KDA, it's like, okay, look, I get it. You're give, you're making it feel like K-pop but you take a breath. All right. Yeah. Like this is the most Korean thing ever where it's like, Oh, we are, 
we are so proud of our seniors in KDA and we wish them much success. And like, you could just imagine them bowing like to yeah. the camera while, <laughs> while they're saying all this. It's like the, um, if anyone's familiar with like the Letterkenny uh, group, uh, like the guy, the comedic group that makes the show Letterkenny, they have a whole video as far as like hockey players answering interview questions. Yeah. It's this. Yeah. This is the Korean version of that <laughs> skit. <laughs> exactly. Um, one actual thing or one extra thing is the relationship between Kane and Kali here is also neat because it has a callback to their real stories. And I say real stories, not in the real world, but in the, you know, the main um, lore with Kane's relationship to Ionia and then the ninjas of Ionia um, as they try to hunt him down. So that's a cool little ad there, right? Yeah. Um, and it's nice that we have that ad because we do know that as far as like Kane's stage persona is not entirely just Kane. Mm -hmm. Like Rost is involved yep. with that stage persona. So it, it is a nice call out to have that bit of lore in there because it is like Rost is still a part of it too. Um, it's just very nice. Instead of being hunted by a collie, <laughs> can it just grab microphones and <laughs> sing while simultaneously being on TV going, answer your DMs. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, after that, we get to the name, right? They always ask debut groups, hey, what does this name mean to you and to your fans? And, you know, Cassante or actually Alun puts it very well. Um, she says, people have soft hearts, soft emotional hearts, but they are also very resilient, just like the word heart steel. Simple and straightforward. And then you have like Ezreal being goofy or whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, because that's, you know, he says something, girls scream, and we move on. That's that's yep. kind of the role he's playing here. Uh, and I mean, it also just like, you know, we were mentioning that it like fits with the characters, like in game personas as well. And that is Ezreal's persona in game. Like we, yeah. we mentioned it in the last episode that like they they pinned Ezreal perfectly as far as like his role in Heart Steel. Um and like it, you could just imagine all of the screaming in the background as if this was like a interview with Carson Daly. Yeah. <laughs> so um if anyone gets that reference, you're as old as me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> And naturally, the fault to that is what are your symbols? Like what represents you in the group? It's the Power Ranger theory, right? So we actually have colors here. They associate with themselves. So Set is orange, Kane is purple, Ezreal's green, Ophelios is blue, Cassante's gold, and Yone is red. And the official group colors is black and yellow. Uh, and they're kind of going through what would you call your fans, which they don't have a name for yet since they're supposed to be like an early band. They have a couple that they're kind of going back and forth. You have like cool guys, knives, uh, diamonds, just like I, I don't know. I was going to say, hey, let's try to come up with one. But for Heart Steel, it's, it's a bit tough because everything you come up with seems cheesy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It. I mean, like – you know, we're poking fun at Ezreal as far as like, you know, kind of playing into his role and getting all the girls yeah. uh, fired up. But I like it also is like it's just a naturally cheesy thing. Right. So what other avenue does he have to play with? Yeah. Um, but I I think it also just kind of fits as far as with the whole boy band persona, mm -hmm. though. Right. Because, it, you know, 
if you look at it too closely, you're going to like the yeah the ridiculous things kind of jump out more than yeah. that, which is why I think it's like you know most of the groups that get worldwide recognition is like the music is what comes first, right? Yeah. Um. So, it, eh, you know that that that's a deeper conversation that has <laughs> nothing to do with the lore. Okay. 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 <laughs> so now we shift to the producer side because you know the main boys have been talking and they ask Yone, um, about you know, his formal introduction on his role and how he got here. I'm going to read his quote here because it's pretty good. It says, uh, as I said before, I played music of a genre that I liked and that only I knew about. <laughs> I wonder what that is. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Speed metal. <laughs> a dead genre. <laughs> uh, no, I had, a buddy, I had a buddy send me an album that he referred to as Funeral Core. Okay. Um, so that's probably what Yone was mixing okay. in his basement. <laughs> and and we know from his lore, since he's like in the spirit world and like yeah. with masks and stuff, that it's like, yeah, no, he's he's near death. <laughs> it's not too far-fetched. <laughs> he goes on to say, since group producing has to embrace everyone, I started to like genres that I had never touched before. I never thought and dreamed that I would like pop songs. So stopping right there, that's something I mentioned in the previous episode that's very common, is a lot of the current big producers in K-pop right now came from other genres and didn't really have an interest in that space until they actually started playing in it and noticed, hey, this is a lot of fun um, collaboratively. Yeah. And we get to see that in other areas of music outside of K-pop as well. Um, like uh, if you look at reggaeton, um, Bad Bunny has been in multiple interviews saying that he actually didn't like reggaeton. Mm -hmm. Like he, well, well, not that he didn't like reggaeton. He didn't want to perform reggaeton because he was a daddy Yankee fan. Cause of course he's Puerto Rican. Yeah. Um, but uh, he wanted to do metal. Like he, he was a big metal head. And then it's like, Oh, like started mixing music for other people, mm. you know, to pay the bills. And then it was like, this is kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. And, it's like you know at the end of the day when you're creating something you got to have fun with it if you're not having fun you're not going to make a product that's worthwhile just like jimmy neutron remember jimbo have fun with it <laughs> oh I, I think a gray hair grew here and, <laughs> uh, and then he finishes up with saying um, i am in charge of overall production and Aphelios is in charge of composing and lyrics so even there, you know, on the other side of the mic, there's a collaborative effort as well from two people with their own backgrounds, which just adds to, you know, why we like this group so much. And then we hop over to, you know, Yone speaking a bit more about his relationship to Yasuo and how, you know, even though they keep in contact, their careers are very much separate, uh, but they're both secretly kind of cheering each other on. Yeah, and I, like, I do like this because it gives a bit of hope as far as seeing uh true damage again mm-hmm. um whether or not like they're actually going to give us like another music video or uh something like that i don't know but at the very least it does open the door to have like a bit more info drop uh because now that we the best part about having heart steel with this amount of content out there is it's building the world of kda yeah. around it right cuz kda is obviously the most popular of mm-hmm. the releases but the if we're continuing to build that world you know like there's more ways to bring other people into it and that that's exciting like we we love covering all these stories and stuff and especially one that like feels so 
like borderline real, yeah. <laughs> right? Like it, so many ties into the real world. Like that's that's a lot of fun. I mean, heck, we're reading an article by GQ. I know, but imagine. <laughs> listen, if you think, when will Ryan and Hetch go over the edge? It's pretty close. <laughs> it's pretty close to. <laughs> you will know when we have a GQ article. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's dude, it's it's fun because the next thing they talk about is okay. So you guys are getting started. Paranoia is coming out. What? stars would you like to emulate and you know us crossing over into this fake world them kind of referencing the real world yep. and the answers are varied which more reinforces the collab aspect rather than the boy man aspect because Casante says beyonce kane says lincoln park and pentakill shout out uh, yeah ezreal says i never know to say this guy's name i know what he looks like troy simon uh, i think is yeah, how you say his name hey hey you remember the rule of the show once we say right. it once we say it, that's it. So it's Troy Sivan. Sorry, it Troy. Sounds like a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Which would be on theme. <laughs> it would be on theme. <laughs> and then Set shouts out all of the background names that we now know: the vocalists Bakun or Bakun, um, Toby Lou, Ozzy, and Carl Carl Scrubby, or Scrobby. And then uh, Aloon says Ophelios is in favor of Brock Hampton. And then Yone shouts out Food Man, who's probably like a smaller, I, I don't, I'm not familiar yeah. with him. I, I, I like, I do love like the Yone shout out because it's like, if Food Man's real, we're not uh, familiar with it. Yeah. And it just goes into everything he's been saying, yeah. which is I was making music just for myself. Yeah. No one else Actually, that would give us, let's look up Food, we need to, we'll dig into that because that yeah. will tell us what genre he was in. Oh, yeah, we could. Like, watch it not even be real, and we'll Journalism just never know what he was mixing. <laughs> <laughs> and then we wrap up here with some obvious things, like Ezreal being the visual lead than, rather than an actual lead. Uh, and they talk about one day hoping to perform at the League of Legends Worlds on stage, the big stage like KDA did, which they just did. Like, this is going up right after Worlds. Go check it out. Great games, great performance for their first time, uh, both in person and the graphics they use, um, which is yeah. better and better. Yeah, it, it's a very exciting time as far as for getting this kind of content dropped. Yeah, uh, and I I do love like the like as far as when we're getting towards the end of this and they're talking about like you know we we want to do worlds one day. Uh, it's that it's like okay yeah cool well you know. You know, even KDA and other artists that have performed on the big stage, they have kind of like a slogan or a sign off. Yeah. Um, and if you have followed K-pop, you know the, <laughs> you know the one, two, three of the Hana Dulce, yeah. <laughs> and, and then they everybody goes in chorus and everything. And the, this one of my like funniest parts to me of this, which is like, oh yeah, we haven't got that yet, and they all just start shouting stuff. Which out. one's your favorite? Because obviously, you guys heard my favorite at the top, Rockstar to the top. <laughs> Oh god. I'm so mad at you for that. Um I I think my favorite just because of like you know you opening with Rockstar to the top is yeah. Yone's, which is let's come to our senses everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine this amazing show people are sweaty and dancing and at the end he's like, "Hey everybody, cut the music." Let's come to our senses. And it's like, <laughs> like everyone, like it's Monday morning and we all have to go to work. Like, what the fuck are you doing, Doug? It's like, like your parents just came home and yeah. you were throwing a house party. 
Let's come to our senses. Get out of my house. <laughs> and that's the end of the interview. So, you know, we're happy we got to do another episode. And this will be the last one for now. Because I'm sure more Heart Steel stuff is coming down the pipes. The skins will be coming out soon. Um, those look cool. But the yeah, skins look great. Dude, great, great follow-up. I, I mean, we... We're obviously biased because we enjoy all these. I mean, we're Pentakill fans, right? How many <laughs> how many newer players know more. who the fuck Pentakill is? I need more Pentakill in my life. <laughs> we do need more. And and we got a name drop of we Pentakill did. in here. Uh, but which again is why, you know, it's like it's stuff like this is very exciting because not it's only like, a name drop, but Yorick does a guitar solo in a mashup remix that just came out. Yo. Yeah. Hello. And so there's like, you know, like we could get like uh, some kind of like, you know, galactic battle, except it's just yeah. battle of the bands and it's not galactic at all. Oh, and, and it's and like that's when like they drop like a new true damage uh, on us, too. So there's yeah. like KDA versus Heartsteel versus True Damage versus Pentakill. Dude, it's so if you've been listening, you can go now if you're in a rush. But why is <laughs> <laughs> actually putting themselves and i don't know if this is planned but they're putting themselves in an interesting situation where they have enough success like all the groups have been a success in their own way like pentakill is probably if you had to say quote unquote least successful but metal as a genre is on the lower side as far as demographic anyway so that makes sense but yeah. they're putting themselves in a situation where they're introducing their newest group which is represented as a collaborative effort and having shout outs and crossovers, like I said, a mashup just came out. They're putting themselves in a position where they can start picking and choosing characters as it fits their, you know, schedule in the real world and financial situation in the real world and possibly creating some really cool crossover projects because crossovers, if you've been on TikTok musically, are all the rage where you have like, hey, here's this song, but in this style. I mean, right. this is uh, the, this will kind of date the recording, uh -oh. but like we're we're recording this on the week where Megan the Stallion dropped a collaboration with Spirit Box, yep. uh, which Spirit Box is like my kind of music. Yeah. <laughs> so like that's a <laughs> it, like the track is sick too. Yeah. Uh, so it, like now is the time to like really hit that, and you know, Riot's shown that they're really good at striking when the iron's hot. Yeah. Um, it also opens a door as far as like for the world building of like the original goal, like the original like lore of League of Legends, yes. which was the greatest champions of Runeterra getting brought into an arena to duke it out 5v5. Like that's the OG lore with, before we got all these great stories put into the game. Sub stories take it out to be replaced with better stories. And that was the original thing. So then you have like some skids that have been there for deck for a decade at mm -hmm. this point, like Graggy Ice. What if we get like a little sub story of Gragas like starting up his brewing company yep. <laughs> to serve to all of like the bands, like all the fans that go to see these shows and stuff. And then it's like, yeah, Gragas becomes like a international success <laughs> with Graggy Ice. I like, I mean, that's a, yeah, it's a dumb thing, but like it can breathe life into the content that Riot already has in the game. Like, you know, Olaf, Olaf could like show up to sell breads and stuff because a collie got him in 
because they met like doing food trucks when she was a sushi chef on the way to KDA. Like, so, you know, like you can build the stories there. Yeah, what Hetch is saying is if you listen to our Star Guardian 10 part series, <coughs> because we have a sickness, soon. <laughs> This universe is going to get to that point. <laughs> You're going to sit through a 10-part series of the musical universe. And we're just the crazy idiots to bring it to you. <laughs> because I could totally see, like, some info dump coming, and then, like, both Ryan and I just looking at each other and being like, it's time. <laughs> it's time. Clear, clear your schedule. <laughs> so with that... As always, thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out. We'll be back soon with the next episode. Yeah, take care, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>